today's global gaming marketplace, your players want to pay how they want, when they want, and where they want. Accepting localized forms of payments and keeping up with what's trending is key to growing your gaming business and to finding new untapped markets. That's where Exola Payments comes in. With just one simple integration, you'll be connected to over 700 localized preferred payment methods on a global scale including bank cards, digital wallets, mobile payments, cash kiosks, gift cards, special offers, and more. Plus, with Exola acting as your merchant of record, they assume the risk of cost of complex VATs, sales taxes, laws, and regulations. Leave every transaction to the experts while you focus on retaining and expanding your audience. You can get started today. Just head over to exola.pro slash paystation or look for the link in the description of this episode. Exola Payments, it's what your gaming business needs to succeed. Switching mediation providers might seem like a pain in the ass, but it doesn't have to be. If you're thinking of making the transition from Mopub to IronSource, we've got you covered. First, we've created a dedicated tool that removes the manual work when migrating to IronSource mediation. Second, we'll be holding workshops with IronSource experts where you can have all your migration needs taken care of. And if you want to do it yourself, we also have technical documentation for migrating to IronSource mediation in our Knowledge Center. To learn more about these initiatives and begin monetizing with IronSource today, head to www.is.com forward slash migrate. That's www.is.com forward slash migrate. This podcast is brought to you by Google for Games. It takes more than a collection of tools to help you bring your gaming vision to life. With cross-platform solutions that give you access to billions of potential players around the world, Google is your partner to create great games, connect with players, and scale your business. Visit g.co slash Google for Games or go to the link in the podcast description below. And if you ask me, Google for Games is the destination to learn more about game solutions and latest research and insights from Google's gaming teams to help you achieve your goals. If you're not driving or working out while listening to this podcast, I really suggest you fire up that browser and check out Google for Games. Hello and welcome to Twig number 190. We are transitioning from an overfull house Last week to a light skeleton crew this week, we've got myself, Eric Sufert, we've got Eric Kress, and we've got Laura Toronto. Did I spell that, or did I uh, pronounce that correctly? Uh-oh. <laughs> and now she's she, dropped she that. Bailed. She bailed because uh, I butchered her name. <laughs> Laura, how do you pronounce your last name? Uh, Taranto. Sorry, my, Taranto. I'm on hotel Wi-Fi, which is cutting in and out, so apologies in advance. All good. We are Twig. We are at Skeleton Crew this week, Twig number 190. A couple of quick headlines, then we'll jump straight into the stories. It was a very light news week, so not a lot to talk about. Uh, first headline is Verve Group acquires mobile DSP data seat because privacy, privacy, privacy. This is from Ad Exchanger, um, my good friend Allison Schiff. Uh, basically, Verve Group, it's, it's a sort of a holding company or an aggregator of ad tech based in Germany. They've acquired data seat, which was run... But my good friend David Philipson had him on the Mobile Dev Memo podcast a few times. I think he's on the he's been on Twig as well. I'm really happy for them. They were running a, a performance DSP for mobile gaming companies. Uh, I think they're going to do great stuff within the Verb Verb uh, within the Verb uh, umbrella. 
and I'm excited to see what they build. Second one uh, is Clang Games raises $41 million to build Seed Virtual World with AI Beings. Uh, Clang was kind of um, one, of the, one of the sort of darlings uh, of the, the emergent uh, Web3 gaming ecosystem in, in Europe, or, or sorry, sorry, not Web3, Metaverse gaming ecosystem in Europe, and uh, they've just raised a big new round. So also very excited to see what they build. I think they're going to do some cool stuff. Also, not... Uh, not included in the headline, but they appointed a new co-CEO. Um, so they brought uh, uh, Isabel Henriquez from Electronic Arts to co-lead the company. So um, good luck to them. Very excited to see what they build. Eric, you got some updates? Yeah, a couple updates. You know, summertime, very, very uh, mellow in terms of the news. Uh, so we'll uh, try to try to fill this thing. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Market update. So the uh, Western market, I'm using U.S. as a proxy for the Western market because it's easier to track. But uh, through June, the downloads are down about 3% year over year, which doesn't sound actually too bad. But uh, to put it in perspective, they were up 26% the year before um, in the same time period. So for the first six months. So it's so uh, it's actually a relatively, uh, I'm sorry, it was down 26% last year at the same time. So it's a really easy comp. So the fact that it's still down three is, is, is a little bit scary. And what that means is that basically uh, downloads, despite like the huge releases of Diablo and Apex, right, are, are, are still weak and not likely help to support a recovery of revenue going forward. So um, so this, this revenue drought that we're seeing is gonna continue likely through the remainder of the year, if, I'm, if I were to be to guess or to forecast. So, but revenue is a big story here. The US market is down 11%. And this is versus 18, up 18% last year during the first six months of the year, right? That's like a 30% move. You know, it's absolutely massive and Herculean that this is the growth rates have declined so much, right? And as we talked about last time, some of it has to do with the COVID overhang uh, 100%, but most of it had to do with, with, uh, with the dr draconian policies of Apple. Um, the biggest losers are Casino, which is down 200 million. Puzzle is down 165 million. Strategy is down 150 million. And then Shooter and Simulation are down about 115 million. Basically, we're basically down a billion bucks in the US in the first six months of the year because of Apple, right? So <laughs> that's that's kind of the situation that we're in within this market. And, and I, I do think, again, that it likely will continue through the remainder of the year. And we may actually see weakness further along, particularly if... Uh, if Apple starts uh, stopping uh, fingerprinting from these big, big names out there. Um, the second update is the Blizzard update. Uh, I did get a lot of inbounds about my characterization of everything was fine at Blizzard. That's actually not what I was trying to say. And if that came across as what I was trying to say, I apologize because that is not what I believe at all, but I still, have lots of lots of people that are involved in what's going on there and it's a fucking shit show right so just to be clear right and so there was this there was i just saw this blurb uh on i don't know where it was but sean gibson right who five months ago was like announcing the brand new ip that he's working on um which is the uh the survival game and he's like basically i'm super excited i'm working on a brand new ip I'm one of two lead game producers on this project. And while we can't say much, check out the blog posts if you haven't already. Like this is five months ago. And then yesterday, 
Farewell, Blizzard Entertainment. Thanks for the eight plus years. I worked at my dream job and my dream company, made friends, delivered epic experiences. Bye-bye, right? So the head of their new IP is now gone. The creative head of the new IP is now gone. Um, so clearly, like, as a focus, as, as, as one data point, this is not good. But actually talking to a lot of people out there, I want to be 100% clear, right? The culture is not fixed. It's still a revolving door. Uh, many of the folks within Blizzard that are actually good are getting poached because they're not being competitive on salaries. And, and although it's probably better and they're in a better situation in the past and they do have a great pipeline of products, there are many people that are leaving. Even the Diablo Immortal people who just launched the game are leaving, which is not a good good thing. So, um, so anyway, I I think Blizzard is having continuing to have challenges. You know, the 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 inmates are running the asylum with all these you know <laughs> you know these uh, these these guys goddamn consultants, right? The inmates are running the asylum with all these fucking McKenzie and Bane guys, right? So. It can't be great, right, to be in a creative organization run by a bunch of uh, MBAs. So I, I get it, right? It's not it's not good, right? But the product pipeline looks solid. And from Wall Street's perspective, it looks like things are getting better. And then the other side of the argument is that all these consultants are actually fixing the problems that existed before, right? And so these new new people are basically the ones that are kind of suggesting that we're on a better track. But I don't think they're correct. So we will see how the release of World of Warcraft goes. I think the Overwatch release is going to be a, is going to be a train wreck, and Diablo Immortal, which looks good on paper and it's getting a lot of great press out there, but the retention numbers clearly are not good because the revenue continues to fall, and it looks exactly like I've been saying it's going to be a, a shark fin thing. And the UA, they're not doing any real UA that's that's improving that situation. Uh, you know, despite their assurances that they have best of best of breed UA something, 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 right? But anyway, that's I just a quick update there um, just to talk about. It. Anyway, any comments on this, guys? Anything? No. 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 All right. I, uh, I, well, uh, nah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Laura, do you want to do something? I'll do my thing at the end because it's just... I'm going to I'm going to wait to open the debate on remote working versus in in-house working until Mishka Mishka can join and we can actually have go go toe to toe on this cuz I think we fall on opposite sides of of the equation of what we think works best. Oh right. Yeah, with all the uh everyone seems to be trying to get back to work. Yeah. <laughs> and no one wants no to one go back to, to work, go. I think. No. no one wants to go back. Well, some people do. <laughs> it's some like people do. But a lot of people don't. You get a taste of, yeah, you get a taste of freedom. Dude. You don't want to go back. I, right? I can't picture myself ever having to get on the London tube ever again and have my nose in someone's armpit on an overcrowded, unair conditioned, like, subway car. It just, no, thank you, no, thank you. It, when I, I don't know, man. When, if you have two young kids, like that's, that's the fucking one thing you can do to escape <laughs> yeah. the hell that is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> raising young right. ones, but I, I, I can see from both sides. When I, when I lived in London, I, you know, I, I worked from home and never had to take the, any, any sort of public transport at like peak times. And, uh, and I, I lived there twice and, and the first time I was in grad school and the second time I was just working for myself. And then when pocket gamer came, 
uh, I had to be there at like 8 a.m. or something. And uh, so I took the bus and I remember like getting on. I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> it's just a different world. I was like, yeah, public transport in London's great. You get on the bus, you get a seat, you know, you go to the top, you get a good view the whole time. It's like, oh, when you have to actually commute, this sucks. <laughs> oh, that makes that my just listening to you talk like that, how easy it was makes me angry because I remember so I lived in Clapham briefly, which is South London oh, and yeah. it's on the northern line. And let me tell you, there were there were days you're just waiting on on the tra- in the train station. Train will come in, it's packed to the brim. You can't get on, and there's like yeah. three, four trains going by, and you're right. just it's waiting, just yeah. a hope and a prayer at that point. You're like, at yeah. some point, I need to get to work eventually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, yeah, you guys are like the girl folks now. Like you can't handle people <laughs> anymore, right? Like you can't handle real life and actually real people. You have to be in your little bubble, right, forever. <laughs> Yes. Uh, should, should I do I mine then, and then you're going to go last? Yeah, I'll. I'll yeah, Mine's I'll quick. I just I've been thinking about this a lot, mm-hmm. and so this is less to do with the article and more just that the article taps into the the broader concept. But so the title of the article, and I don't even know what <laughs> what what publisher this is from. Um, the title of the article is Samsung Gaming Hub to add Xbox Stadia and GeForce Now apps to TVs later this year. So I'm quoting from the article. It says the hub has also the hub also has gaming streaming game streaming apps baked in, so you don't need to access to a browser or external hardware like a Chromecast to start playing. It currently supports NVIDIA GeForce Now, Google Stadia, Xbox TV, Utomic, and Twitch. Samsung says it will also be adding support for Amazon's Luna game streaming service, but didn't provide a time frame. So basically, the gaming hub is where you can have a number of consoles plugged in, and you just go to that and select the console that you want to play. Um, and you don't have to uh, plug them. Uh, anyway, uh, that's just for selecting the console when you have the actual physical hardware. But they're also adding all of the streaming apps to this hub, right? So you can get on there and just you know rotate through a streaming app and then start playing through the streaming service uh, via the Samsung, right? So that's all baked in. It's, it's at the, the OEM layer. And my sense is like that probably is what is required to sort of see any... Um, meaningful commercial adoption, right? Like the Stadia hardware uh, as a standalone hardware unit, I felt like was probably a non-starter for catalyzing like widespread adoption. But my sense is once this gets integrated with the smart TVs, that's when you really see pickup. Um, But I'm like, I'm on the fence about this, right? Because like people have been saying (laughs) gaming streaming, gaming streaming for 15 years, right? What was that company that like blew through like 200 million and then uh, just shut down. Like it was, it was in the early two thousands. They had what Stadia. (laughs) (laughs) No, but there was a a company like 15 years ago that had a streaming service product and it, they raised so much money and it just went, it went to zero. My, anyway, my point is this is an old idea, right? Um, and you know, maybe there's a reason it never took root. Like maybe this time is different, but why is it because, is it because the console, uh, uh, operators moved to uh, subscription services and that actually makes it more convenient to have a streaming service? Or is this just something that's going to repeatedly, you know, surface to market and then uh, disappear on like a five-year cycle? And I, I, I don't have a strong opinion yet. I'd love to hear what you guys think. I, my opinion has always been the same on this type of stuff. Like the, the, the audience that buys consoles is not going to be excited or ever interested in a streaming service that's going to be of a lower yeah. quality. And and particularly in this case where you're trying to 
hook up TVs, right? Which inherently have limitations in terms of the tech that's internal. Now, maybe they fix that with these new sets of TVs, right? Which may be the case. I don't know. But you still have the internet right. problem, right? Like your, your, your TVs are not connected to fucking wires, right? Like with, 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 you know, with, with, with ethernet, right? It's all Wi-Fi and Wi-Fi by nature is not as good as getting directly connected. So you're always going to have lag issues in the last, last mile or whatever you want to call it. Right. And that performance is not going to, not going to be suitable. And again, as I've said many times, the problem with this, these services is their content that are geared towards 18 to 44 year old males, and they are going to buy what is optimal. They're not going to play. And if, if the content's not there for a more mass market that that could access it from these type of devices, then why, why would they be even bother? And even if they did, it wouldn't be something that would be super compelling and, 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 and in, they wouldn't be as engaged as the core, right. Of, of the, the typical audience. So, it's just a solution without a, a market, as I've said many times, and I don't think this changes that equation, frankly. So, do you have any thoughts, Laura? So, I mean, <laughs> I don't. You, just forget that it's the it's the um, streaming services and the gaming services part of the uh, baked in apps. I mean, I don't use the apps that are baked into my TV already, um, yeah. and like even when it, we, I, I remember like the, I think there was a whole wave of when people wanted to bake games into the original like operating system. So Windows would have games baked in or the new phones, the Windows phones would have games baked in. I don't remember that ever taking off. So I'm not sure it's a, I don't know how much of adoption it actually, extra adoption it would lead to or how much extra people would be using it. I mean, again, I think, I think Eric Press uh, is right with the, with the quality it, it, and this kind of ties into your upcoming topic, but like, yeah, lag makes a big difference. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you also need the controls, right? So you're still going to need two $50 right, yeah. controllers to control this thing. So like that has to be part of, you know, incremental price of, of the television or whatever. Right. You know. It's another peripheral. Like it's also the peripheral issue. Like anytime it's, per that, that, that is one thing about this that's interesting is that it's embedded with all the TVs. And then the upgrade cycle on TVs is every like three or four, or maybe five or six years now. I don't know what the number yeah. is right now. So it's going to take a long time for these TVs to get out there. And then the yeah, the one thing that everyone always says also is like, well, we we have we have fucking five G, yeah. you know. And you could probably, you know, our connections are going to be freaking rock solid, dude. Five G <laughs> sucks. Like five G is absolutely horrific for games. Like it's it never will work for games. Not 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 in the majority of the places in the United yeah. States. You know, it's like it's crazy. Anyway, I it's all bullshit. Every time I talk to NVIDIA about this stuff, I'm like, I'm literally living in like some twilight zone of like a different reality, right? Yeah. Anyway, well, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to um, formulate an opinion here. And like, I think you're right, Chris. Like if, yeah, okay. Just having the app baked into the TV, that's helpful. That's convenient. But if you still need dedicated hardware, then you haven't really solved that core problem where I can just pick it up and play it anywhere, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> It's just, it's an impossible solve, right? Excited about NFTs in the metaverse? Ready to be part of the future of gaming? Recur is looking for talented producers, product managers, game designers, economy designers, and engineers. Recur is building branded NFT collectibles and games with top IP, including College Sports, Paramount, Star Trek, Nickelodeon, Sanrio, and more, using its best-in-the-industry technology platform. 
Recur's platform streamlines the NFT collecting experience. No crypto or third-party wallets required. Simply buy an NFT with your credit card or Apple Pay. And Recur's robust gamification system creates infinite collecting and gameplay possibilities from which to make compelling play and earn experiences. Recur is backed by some of the biggest names in crypto and NFTs, including billionaire Stephen Cohn, Gary Vee, and Gemini, among others. Join us now and get ready to ride a rocket ship. Let's fucking go. All right. Well, my uh, little TED talk here now because <laughs> we are so far out of content. So I have been cheating on the twig, right? I have been unfaithful to the twig and I keep doing podcasts on other places, right? I feel dirty. You know, I feel bad about that. I apologize. Um, so I'm uh, recycling, right? Because <laughs> I don't have anything to talk about. I'm just recycling. I did Bubble Trouble. No, I did the Navic podcast, which was good. That was actually really good because I went through a lot of different things on the Navic. And I really like those guys, um, um, particularly Lars, who I think is a freaking genius, dude. That guy, I really like that guy. So anyway, I'm over there at the, at the Navic podcast. And then I just did this one for Bubble Trouble, which is a guy from a REIT, uh, an investment bank, who has been as negative, as, if not more negative than me, on Unity and AppLovin and IronSource. And I, I think Roblox, I'm not sure. But anyway, um, so I did something about like, and he's just doing this series about what is the metaverse, right? And so I, I, I did my shtick on it the other day. And so I'm going to just reuse that content here and just kind of go through kind of my thoughts on what the metaverse is, right? And so he basically asked me, what is the metaverse? And I, I said, I, I really do think the metaverse is really not this ubiquitous, you know, platform for everybody, right? I think the metaverse is like World of Warcraft. Call of Duty, FIFA, Madden, right? Even, I would argue even Slotomania or like Candy Crush could be considered somewhat a metaverse, which Laura disagrees. But let me get finished, finished, right? Because it's, there is no, re, there is never going to be a real metaverse, right? That is a collection, that, that, that is its own thing. It's, I think it's a collection of metaverses that appeal to different types of customers, you know? And basically it's, it, my definition is basically a community of players that get together to play and socialize around interactive experiences, right? And so what the metaverse is not is Ready Player One and Snow Crash, right? Like, I just don't think we're, we're going to get there anytime soon. You know, maybe in the next 20 years, but I'll be long retired, right? Soiling my diapers and <laughs> it won't matter anymore. But until the meantime, I think building... Metaverse experiences for different audience is is what's critical, right? So, I don't know. If anybody's spent any time in this industry, you know that every customer is different, right? They build, they they their their levels of appeal for different content is what drives them to 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 consume interactive experiences, right? So, building something for everyone, it just doesn't make sense, right? And it's like clear as day right now with Roblox, right? Roblox is made for eight-year-old boys and girls, right? It's not going beyond that. You can play a gajillion different versions of Battle Royale on, on Roblox, but the older kids prefer to go play on, on Fortnite or Call of Duty, right? And that, that it's just a different audience, right? So the notion that, and I, I would make the same argument for Social Casino or a puzzle game. You really think like your 60-year-old mom is gonna drop her phone and go fucking jack into the metaverse and start playing Candy Crush? No, they're gonna continue to play on, on the device that makes sense, 
and the platform that makes sense. So anyway, I, I just think the same thing with all content is that, you know, whatever works for that audience, that's where they're gonna go. And so you can build communities around different types of experiences that can be a metaverse where people get together and socialize and, and do their thing. And, and the one story I always tell about this is the World of Warcraft thing, where back in the day when I was at EA, we used to talk about uh, you know how big is the market for MMOs, right? And, and back then I remember saying specifically, I'm like, there is no way that there are more than 2 million dorks in, in the US that are willing to spend $15 a month for a, an MMO, right? I was probably off by about double, but the reality of it is, is that like a, an RPG MMO is, is a very niche type thing, but I would consider that a metaverse, right? That is the metaverse right now in terms of how people are living their, uh, uh, living their lives with the 3D avatar of the representation of themselves in a world, in a fantasy world, right? Like people are doing this, but it's a very niche market, right? And so the notion that someone like Facebook or Epic is going to build a world that caters to more, to, to the broadest audience possible, when you have something like World of Warcraft that has spent billions and 15 years developing content for this fucking 4 million people in the US that are interested in this thing, it's preposterous to think that, 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 that anybody will be able to create a content of, of that scale and that magnitude to attract a broad audience. That, that's that's kind of my point, right? And so that's why I think, and, and that's a good news, right? For most developers, because I think ultimately they'll be able to build different experiences for different audiences. It, 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 it won't be some, you know, meg, you know, mega company that's going to be running this thing. I think it's just going to be different sets of communities. So I'm going to stop there because I think I'm, I'm kind of done. But Laura, wh where do you disagree with me on this one? <sighs> I mean, there's a lot there that you mentioned. I think the first point is, as much as I love Candy Crush, I wouldn't, I'm not sure I would classify that as a metaverse. Um, if we're going to do casual games, I would at least throw uh, Animal Crossing, especially the most recent one for Switch, is a, probably a closer, what, what I would consider closer to any sort of metaverse than, than a puzzle game, any of the puzzle games I can think of at the moment. I mean... <sighs> So I, I'm I'm in like the Ready Player One group. That is my hope for where the metaverse lands. Um, and I don't think it's going to be like that. I mean, we're going to have an oasis. We just, well, who knows, right? I mean, I, I don't know. Um, I do hope it's it's shorter than 20 years. <laughs> I hope I hope we do reach it sooner. Um, but it's hard for me to think of all these kind of fragmented experiences, like each of these individual games as their own as their own metaverse, because I think they're missing kind of what, what I would, what I, I mean, based on what, what I've read so far, what I would kind of classify as the metaverse needs to check certain boxes, um, even though we don't have a standard definition, which is why I think, you know, Meta is going and creating this group of people to kind of start creating what that is, because, <laughs> because you show up, Eric, and you're like, a metaverse is this, a metaverse is that, you're a metaverse, you get a metaverse, you get a metaverse. And I feel like that's what they're trying. I mean, that my guess is that's probably what they're trying to steer people away from so that they can have kind of okay this is what this is what we can classify as what we you know metaverse tm versus you know inter large interactive uh, experience so that, that, that i don't know that's it's kind of it's kind of my take on it um but it, it's it's hard to say because yeah none of it exists yet we don't even have the tech i mean i think what 
aside from that Animal Crossing example, which is great, by the way, if Animal Crossing could find a way to like integrate Discord into it, that would be the closest thing to a metaverse. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with the Animal Crossing. There's an MMO that they're making that's very similar to Animal Crossing from one, a startup. And I, I'm totally blanking on the name, but I have friends that work there. And like, they're trying to build kind of the metaverse version, of what I would say considered the metaverse version of Animal Crossing. That game is actually perfect as an example of something that would make total sense. But I don't think Animal Crossing as it stands is a multiplayer game, is it? Like, I don't think you play You can. Which I have, you have to have like some social, you can, okay. Uh, You have to have some social aspect is kind of my, my point. It does. You can visit Um, each other's islands. Uh, You can give, you can trade. And then the part that I think where, where I think Nintendo would have made bank is that, I mean, this is so embarrassing. I'm going to say, don't tell anyone, but I'm on a podcast. I ended up going on eBay and I ended up buying like in-game, there's no way to buy currency, right? You you pay for the game and then you get what you get. Um, and so there's this whole trade ecosystem that happened that was gem- that usually how I found it was Discord servers. <laughs> I was literally trading items on Discord and you would fly to each other's islands and, you know, you, you do the trades. And then I found on eBay, they were selling, someone was actually selling some of the valuable currency and game through some glitch. They were cloning it. And I spent probably about 30 bucks buying this currency through eBay, like paying some guy who then flew to my island and dropped all of this stuff. Now, imagine if Nintendo had actually integrated that into their game. I think, I don't know, I think that would have made a lot more money. I, I definitely agree. And I think that would be more like a yeah. metaverse. But I guess, let me just give a little bit of context here, because I think it's more of like my assumptions around this stuff, right? Like when I was in 98, when I was working at EA, we had no idea how big gaming would become, like how interactive would become. But we, we did know is that interactive is always better than passive forms of entertainment. Like being Tom Brady is better than watching Tom Brady, that, that kind of notion, right? And what my thing is that like, I think over time, we've just gotten more and more people introduced to interactive through different platforms, right? So you know, console PC got us to a certain level of, 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 of adoption across the world, but mobile just blew it the fuck up, right? And so like now everybody plays games in some capacity, right? Because I fundamentally believe that once you get introduced to interactive forms of entertainment, whether it's Candy Crush or Call of Duty, it is better. And it, 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 it provides that dopamine and that, that, like, you know, I wrote this whole piece about this, you know, achievement, progression, you know, uh, exploration, all these different things that make customers really, com- you know, it makes it very compelling versus other forms of entertainment, which is like, you know, listening to music or watching TV, et cetera, with these passive type things. So what I, kind of my point here is that Metaverse offers an even bigger and better interactive experience with interacting with a social context, right? With other people in, in experiences that are, that are, that are, uh, that are compelling to the individual, right? So, but a 60-year-old is going to be different than an eight-year-old, you know, and someone from Guam is going to be different than someone from, you know, Peoria, right? So it's like, like you, what, I, what I'm trying to get across is that like you can build experiences for all these different audiences and, and create these type of interactive experiences that will be super compelling and hopefully ultimately expand the audience even beyond where it is today, which would be, you know, Herculean, but maybe people, more people will engage uh, or spend more time here versus other forms of entertainment, right? Like that's the kind of the goal. And that's why I'm very bullish on the gaming industry in general, right? That's kind of my point is like, it's not gonna be Facebook, right? It's not gonna be VR, right? Not not in my lifetime, dude. Not in my lifetime are we gonna see a metaverse like Ready Player One with VR 
You know, like, and if we do, please, I, I, I'm all in, man. Plug my ass in, dude. I don't give a fuck. I don't want to be 80 years old and fucking shuffling around my ass. I'd rather be plugged in and be fucking Keanu Reeves fucking kicking some ass, right? No doubt. I'm in. But I'm not, I, what I'm saying is that that's not going to be how it manifests itself in the next 20 years, right? Not in my lifetime, right? Maybe I'll live 30. All right, whatever. So, so. So anyway, that's what that's kind of why my definition is, is, is what it is, because I just think that that is what will be compelling to the majority of the audience is experiences that are catering to them. So Roblox has the kids. Call of Duty has these 18 to 44 year old wannabe killers. Right. You know, like like there's and the world of Warcraft has the nerds like me that like just love RPGs and, and, and you know, the power fantasy, whatever, you know, so like. That, that's kind of my whole point. So again, I think it creates a lot of opportunities, a lot bigger opportunities for uh, a bigger group of companies than just Facebook or just Epic or just Roblox, right? I think that that's why I'm excited about look, seeing what people create going forward. So, yeah, I think yeah. One, one of the things about the metaverse though, it's like, obviously there's a gaming, social gaming component to it, but I think the idea that is exciting about the metaverse to a lot of people is that there's also like a work component and like a daily life component that's not, that doesn't look like social gaming, right? So like the, the working in the metaverse um, is, is I think like a, a major sort of like, you know, kind of commercial initiative, right? That's what, that's what Meta has invested a lot of money into. So it's a, the idea here is it spans context. It's not just a gaming system or a gaming environment. It's also a work environment. It's also, you know, you've talked about dating in the metaverse, like, the idea is you all right, all right. That's layer in these other contexts, and gaming will be a piece of it, of course. The, the working I can get on board with. Yeah, and if you, I don't know dating in the metaverse. Well, you know, people will get married in Ultima Online. They got married in that's EverQuest. Fair. They get married in World of Warcraft all the time. People get that's married fair, in World of Warcraft. Yeah, yeah, the cool people <laughs> are dating in World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I I I'm 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 I am really genuinely excited to see what will become of all of this um, in in our lifetimes. Like that's what's so cool. It will be in the next twenty or thirty years. We'll see this stuff manifest itself. But you, that's a really good point, Eric. Like they're, obviously they're considering, particularly Facebook is considering it far bigger than just interactive entertainment. Yeah. Right? It's going to be something for everybody, and even that makes me a little bit uneasy i i just don't <laughs> particularly the vr stuff i mean get real dude people are not going to put on goggles and and in absence of all other things you know be immersed in a world for longer than a, a few you know a few hours max well, that's right? when your headset battery dies anyway I mean, <laughs> so yeah yeah no, i mean the technology has to get to a point and i said this before where you're either jacking in through something in the back of your neck or like you're you're wearing glasses that it's beaming into your eyes and 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 is connected to a you know bigger device or something like that. I don't Have you played the new Oculus? Um, though? It's it is I I don't I'm going to say I wasn't like skeptical. I had to I had an early rift and it was like okay, but it was kind of like a novelty. And the Oculus the new one, like I actually play it. Like it's actually something that I've used a lot. And I actually think it's really fun. Whereas the first one was like okay, this is like a new experience. Like they they gave them away at F8 the Facebook's developer conference. I went there, I got a free one. Yeah, I got oh, a free really? one and I went uh -huh. home, put it on once and then I gave it to my nephew. <laughs> but the new one, hell no, I'm keeping <laughs> that one. It's actually really fun. There's some fun games. But um, 
I, I, I have the Rift S, so I, I bought the upgrade yeah. version. So it is the best version on quality basis, but I don't have the Quest 2. I have the Quest 2. More mobile. I have the Quest 2. I, I think I think it's great. I actually really really like mine. Except I made the mistake. Uh, <laughs> I bought it. I brought it to the U.S. and then I had a very long flight back to London. I don't recommend using it on an airplane. I you made that, that mistake. I did that. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> yeah. Really? What? Dude, that's that's so hardcore. I was like, I, what am, that's fucking hardcore, long- dude. You must have looked like an idiot <laughs> going up there. I mean, come on. People must have been looking like me. What that's, is wrong with this That's my moment? gaming time. No? Like that, connect to, you know, there's Wi-Fi, connect, play mobile games. It's great. It's like five <laughs> hours to like sit and do nothing. But the problem was I put it on and I, I think I was playing, oh, I was playing the Star Wars game. Yeah, not Darth, game. not, not Vader of Immortal, the other oh. one. Uh, oh. Tales from the Other Side, something oh, like okay. that. I haven't played that. And I was, well, one, once I kind of got the controls down and I was, you know, it wasn't like hitting the seat in front of me. The problem was every time the plane would move, uh, the Oculus would get confused. Oh, <laughs> all of a sudden I thought I was jumping. Oh, it was, I, I don't, oh, it's not, oh, yeah, I don't God. recommend it for airplanes. Uh, don't recommend uh, for airplanes. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, that sounds horrific. Um, yeah, I gotta get, I'm gonna get the Quest 2 for Christmas, I think, just to have it, just to check it out. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, I you know, again, I the the my last touch point was like 2018 or something, and the headset has improved a lot. For for, for me, like uh, we we already are seeing downgrades in terms of uh, forecasts for Oculus Quest Two. I went to Best Buy focus group of one to, uh, and there were like two people that were like at retail on a fucking Tuesday, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like showcasing uh, 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 Oculus. So they're, they're pushing it. But I, I think I don't think they're going to sell nearly as many this year as they did last year. I think we're, you know, I think that the thing's done. And that there's no one making content, right? As I've said many times. Like, there's no games being made. There's no experiences to attract a broader audience. Was like I was saying, right? Like, I don't. I, I just don't think that 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 they're really firing on all cylinders on on the content side and and. And the PlayStation one is even worse. Yeah. Well, uh, so I would anecdotally, I've spoken to a number of people that pivoted to VR and have pivoted back. Yeah. Right. So yeah, like, uh, me back. too. Me but too. I did. So there was uh, there were some numbers floating around. I just pulled them up right now. So Francisco Geronimo, an awesome name uh, from IDC, yeah, had uh, estimated that the um, Quest Two. Uh, Sold has sold 15 million units uh, after 20 months on the market. He also estimates yep. that VR sales grew 97% last year and 242% of the first quarter of this year. I think that's that's total. Yeah, I, it's just not sustainable, in my opinion. I don't think there's enough. I mean, no matter how much they advertise and how much they focus on it, it's like, and then it's also a question of engagement. And I just don't think the engagement's really there. That people are buying these devices and leaving them on their in their right. closets, right? So anyway, we'll see. Like like anyway, it, it's it's about social experiences. It's about things like rec room. Like if they can really make some inroads with yeah. that kind of thing, you know, like um that would make it much more interesting platform, but for me, I think it's kind of DOA. Yeah. Um even though it's getting all the hype uh that it will be that it is. Uh one uh so are, are we done here? I, I have one quick little, uh, I don't know, tidbit, but unrelated. So Go. do it. I'm sure everyone's following the, um, 
the the meltdown in tech. Um, there's a website layoffs.fyi, uh, which just tracks layoffs across the board, and it's an Airtable, and you can uh, filter it by industry. And if you look at the crypto, you just select crypto. I mean, these <laughs> these companies are just shedding talent. Um, you know, twenty five percent, thirty like percentage of the company being laid off. Forty percent. There's one that's a hundred, so I guess they just shut down. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, the, every day there's a new announcement. It's it's uh, it's very very sad. So the I was thinking uh, today, like you know, we we took part in probably the greatest bull run in human history, right? And I'm not sad it's over. I'm just happy I got to participate, right? Like this is it though. It's over. <laughs> like this is it. Like this is a correction. Nah, 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 okay, okay. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is a correction, but we're not, we'll see another bull market, right? I don't, there's, it's not doom and gloom. I, I, I honestly, uh, everything recovers, right? I've th- gone through this, what, this is my third or fourth time now. It's like, it'll be back, you know? People want to believe, yeah. right? And I bet crypto will be back, you know? But I, what's funny is I'm surprised that we don't get more, questions about why we don't talk about crypto as much, right? Like, you know, the fact that crypto is completely melting down, like it is, it is so bad out there. Like things are going yeah. to zero, right? You know, like, I mean, I think part of it's because I don't think we ever believe, m- m- many of us ever believed yeah. it in the first place. So it's like, you say, of course this is happening. And certainly our audience is like, fuck off, right. Ethan, stop talking about crypto. Yeah, where the fuck is Ethan, right? Well, I didn't even think know. about this. Ethan has been fucking why, gone. Why is he, why, like, why is he MIA? I think you know the answer to that. Come on. What what news is there? I did, I just thought about this now. <laughs> like, what's wrong with me, dude? Fucking Ethan, get back here and defend your yeah. shit, man. You can't just yeah. like, bail because things are don't, going don't, bad. Don't take the easy know? way out. You don't quit the yeah. team. You don't quit the team because you're fucking losing, right? You fucking stick with it and tell us what the fuck is going on and how this is going to get yeah. recovered. Ethan, I'm calling you out, man. Yeah, Ethan. And I don't want you to, yeah, no one shut the fuck up. Like, get over here and start talking. Yeah, Ethan, you're being summoned, dude. Come on. Come on back. <laughs> All right. Let's leave it at that. Um, uh, have a good day. Stay out of trouble. <laughs> All right, Dad. <laughs> <laughs>